And so it is a weird time because I went, listen, I was on Amazon the other day. I was going to order something and it said, we'll arrive on February 22nd. And I'm like, I don't want to wait that long. And then I'm like, oh, wait, February 22nd is tomorrow or it was tomorrow or whenever it was. And it feels like we are getting so close to the NFL draft. We're getting so close to free agency. We're getting so close to the combine and all that stuff. And yeah, it still just seems so far away. And I think a big reason why is we're spending so much time. There's so many mock drafts out there. There's so much, and I don't want to say misinformation, but there's a lot of conflicting information, whether the Bears are completely committed to Justin Fields. Are they shopping? Justin Fields, there are so many things going on. At some point, you're just like, I I, I feel a little bit like we're a kid uh, waiting for Christmas, except it's October. And the Christmas decorations are out already. And like, I just wanted to be here. And I think that that's the way a lot of us feel about the NFL draft, a lot of things that are going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. I just got my schedule for the NFL Network in March, and it's crazy. Like, I, I might as well, it might as well be, October of the NFL season, the way that my March looks like right now. But there's a lot of cool things to talk about. We're going to have a great show. And you know what, Sammy? Let's just go ahead and get started. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. Huge show for for you today. Not only is Carmen Vitale going to be joining us here in a matter of moments, but Ian Kenyon. From the 33rd team is going to be here in just a matter of moments. And if you're not familiar with the website, the 33rd team, I implore you to check it out. It is really cool. It is chock full of information. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment, but just want to give you a couple of little housekeeping uh, tips right now. Now, obviously, we're going to continue with Take It to the Rank on Tuesday nights, leading you up to the Super Bowl. But this week, we are going to have a very special edition of the sick podcast with Adam Rank. We're going to have Chad Reuter join us from NFL.com. He does a three, well, he's done a three round mock draft and it, it's pretty favorable for our Chicago bears. So we're going to go in we're going to dive deep and dig into it with him. And uh, we've got a, we've got a guest line. I don't want to give it away here and I don't want to say who it is because if I say who it is, the comments are going to just be all about him and it's all, I'll, I'll spoil it. It's a guy. Um, a polarizing figure amongst Bears fans. Actually, not polarizing. You none of you like him. I'm the only one who does. But uh, I'm not going to give that one away. Uh, but it's going to be a great show. But not as good as this one because we've got a lot of cool things happening right now. So joining us right now is always our co-star, uh, Cameron Vit- Carmen. Excuse me, Carmen Vitale of FoxSports.com. <laughs> CHGO. I'm not putting over any of your other, any of your other employers. You get two. You get a two your minimum. That's what you get. That's fine. That's great. Um, you, you honestly, I'm just the sick podcast with Adam Rank. Uh, uh, the sick podcast with Adam Rank's Carmen. People, nobody thinks that way. Although I will tell you, Daniel <laughs> Jeremiah does his meet the media, and he's going to do that on yeah. Friday. I'm thinking about crashing Friday. it. 
I'm thinking about podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to our PR guy and be like, Hey, when I jump on, this is for NFL fantasy live. And then when I get on, I'm going to be like, Hey, I'm with the sick podcast and uh, really <laughs> turn the table. Cause that's the kind of person that I am, but, um, but I'll be doing that. So we're, we're happy to have you good to see you once again. Glad that you survived the super bowl and all that stuff. But listen, I, I know I told you this last week, you're disappointed that you miss, you're going to be missing Chad Reuter, but we have got a great guest joining us right now. Uh, I mentioned before he's with the 33rd team. He's the managing deputy editor of the 33rd team. It's a great website. They've got a lot of former players who are contributing mm-hmm. a lot of great content. I was reading, we're going to get into something that Greg Jennings put out. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum is a member of this. Mike Martz does some stuff for them. They got a lot of great, like former coaches, yeah. GMs and former mm-hmm. players, but I, I like Ian the best. So let's welcome Ian Canyon who uh, is going to be joining us right now of the 33rd team. How's it been going? I, I love the website. How has it been treating you? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. And it's great to meet you, Adam, and you, Carmen. So, um, yeah, I've been here for almost six months now. I think it's like five months. Uh, and it's been it's been great. It's such a fun thing to be a part of and to work with so many talented and smart people. Um, it's really a blessing to be able to work with such a great staff. Yeah, you guys got Dirk Cutter to do something in the media, yeah. which was fantastic. I had to do a double take at, the, at that because I was I was with him in Tampa and his son and I are very good friends and I got to know the Cutter family very much. But one thing Dirk doesn't like is the media and you're, he's, he's waiting, testing the waters. I loved it. I loved it so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to get, you know, all these coaches and players and GMs to, you know, talk about current NFL topics and provide all of their knowledge from their years of experience. It's really a unique thing for us. Yeah. And I saw that Matt Castle, uh, I want to talk about his, at some point we'll talk about his way too early quarterback rankings, which I love. Matt Castle is always a fascinating figure to me because I remember it because I was working for the Orange County Register back when he was with USC and he was there, you know, obviously he played quarterback, but he was also a tight end. I don't know if, if you two are old enough to remember a movie called Jackass um, with Johnny Knott. Listen, yeah, I, I don't know. Into, I snuck into I, that. I, I was not old I, enough, but I snuck into that movie as, a, as like an 11-year-old or 12-year-old or something stupid like that. I, 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 One of my favorite pieces of trivia is in that movie, Johnny Knoxville is in a Tennessee uniform returning punts in that, in that thing. Like, and that's one of the things the USC scout, uh, uh, special teams are blowing them up. Their punter kept punting the ball too far, and he couldn't handle it. So they needed to have a quarterback throw it, but they didn't want one of their regular quarterbacks to do it, so they called out Matt Castle to be the guy. So I don't know if he's on camera, but little piece of, little, little piece of trivia uh, that I find fascinating, and I drop it at parties, and people don't care, and then I look like a moron. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty much my lot in life. Uh, but, Ian, I didn't. Again, I'm not bringing you on and I'm not going to put you on the spot for any of the people uh, who do, you know, mock drafts for for you or anything like that. I know you you right now have, a, I think it's your third or fourth mock draft up. It is your mock draft 3.2, excuse me. And this is one that's led by like TJ McCrate does it, Kevin Cohn, uh, Justin Casey and Evan Pritt put this together. They did, I, I honestly really love this mock draft. If you don't mind digging it, I just want to get your perspective because I'll I'll tell you what, they have the bears doing and that is swapping spots 
with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Colts would move up to 1.1. The Bears would go to 1.4. Uh, they would get a second round pick, which would be pick number 35. The 79th overall pick in the third round and the Colts first round pick in 2024. Uh, do you think that's it? You think that would be a pretty good move for the Bears? I think that's a great move for the Bears. And I think that's the type of deal that they should be looking to do, right? So they lost that second round pick in the Chase Claypool trade. Uh, they clearly need depth at multiple positions. The Colts definitely need to, you know, add their top quarterback. And sitting at the fourth spot, you know, they could get jumped by anybody who, you know, who wants to move up to one or three. We know Houston's probably going to take a quarterback. If you're at the Colts and you believe in Bryce Young or you believe in Will Levis, whoever it is, uh, you know, giving the first, giving a first round pick this year, a first round pick next year, and then an additional second and third, that's not too much to go up and get your guy. I mean, that's totally within reason. So um, for the Colts to do that, and then the Bears, they drop three spots. They still land an elite defender. They still you know, replenish some of those picks. They're able to grab, you know, wide receiver help for Justin Fields in round two if they if that's the route they want to go. And then you still add a third round pick and a first next year. And that first next year, if Justin Fields doesn't work out um and he doesn't look great this year, because I know there's a lot of like, you know, skepticism I'd say between, you know, is he the guy, is he not the guy? Then you have two first round picks next year. You can package maybe your 2025 pick and then you go up and get your Caleb Williams, Drake May. We'll see. Yeah, that's yeah. Go for it. Go for it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. (laughs) No, that was that's just. I mean, it just seems like good business, and I don't know why. I mean, there's been all this talk, obviously, about the Bears taking Bryce Young and then maybe even trading Bryce Young, like after doing a you know a draft and trade. But I just don't know why you want to take away the choice or the option. And that, like, you know, that gives away some leverage with that top spot. So it just seems to be good business. And they're still, like you said, landing an elite pass rusher or perhaps an interior D lineman and being able to start plugging all of the holes that they need to. Because not only do they have depth pieces they need, they've got starters that they still need. So, you know, that, that jump starts this process and gives them even more capital. So they're in the same position next offseason too, going into the 2024 draft. Is there any chance that Houston doesn't take a quarterback? I know that's one of the things too, because I know a lot of people, a lot of Bears fans will be asking, can we move down with Houston and then move down with the Colts? Is it, a, is it, um, how did, what is the feeling around with the, with the former GMs that you talked to? Is it a lock that Houston's going to draft a quarterback? So I have no insider insight on that, I would say, but my general thought would be that, I mean, it's going to happen, right? Like there's no way they pass on a quarterback. Um, I think if job security were a different thing, like, and you could say, Hey, let's punt another season. Let's add depth pieces. Let's go after Caleb Williams next year. I think that would make a lot of sense in a lot of like, like general fans minds when it's, you kind of get into like the Madden mode and how you'd build a team. But, like, just when you factor in job security and uh, first-year head coach, I just can't imagine that they're not going to address the position. They, they need to find someone in there to, um, you know, give the team hope and, uh, you know, just help that organization immediately rather than kicking the can another year. I'd be curious to see. No, yeah, sorry. Please, please. please go <laughs> I, do it all. No. I just had a question because bringing that part up, point up, though, and then we're taught, we've already mentioned Caleb Williams, Drake May, you know, at this point, 
from the 2024 draft. Is there a sentiment, do you think, among all of these guys, again, that you get to talk to all the time, is that this is kind of a holdover draft or a anticipatory draft where you're like, all right, maybe we won't see quarterbacks go as high because we're not super thrilled with this class, but we know that there's a huge class coming in the year after them. Oh, no, I think you're still going to see all these quarterbacks go high. I know like in this mock draft that we just put out, there's four in the top 10. I mean, teams are just desperate for quarterbacks. It's when we talk about Caleb Williams and Drake may, it's more from the sense of like, these are the can't miss guys. These are the like, you know, people compare Caleb Williams to Patrick Mahomes, Drake may to Justin Herbert, you know, that type of player, but you can't bank on landing those guys next year. Yeah, that's a big thing too. And I think that one of the things that gives the Bears a little bit of an advantage this season is that there was so much turnover with co- with coaches at the top of the draft. So Houston, to me, I agree with you, Ian. Like they have they have to draft a quarterback. I mean, you've got a first year head coach, draft your quarterback, you build with him for three years. And if things don't work out, like if they ended up with Will Levis and Will Levis didn't work out, it would allow them the kind of like Matt Nagy limbo year of like, okay, well, let's see. If we can get another quarterback and maybe turn a quarter with something like that, Indianapolis is in the same position, Carolina. What you run into is teams like Tennessee, Atlanta, maybe to some extent, or even the Jets. Like the Jets conceivably should go with the rookie quarterback. Like it would make a lot of sense. They have a really young team. Robert Sala does not have that kind of time. Like he has to prove it this season that he can get to the playoffs. And that's the kind of the 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 most frustrating part i think for fans is that like well like you're not matching up the quarterback with the the coach and it's like you guys are on different timelines and sometimes you want to get that started but there are three teams definitely that'll be looking at quarterbacks ian do you have a do you have a preference of which one of these quarterbacks that you like who you think is the best just watching football so i personally like anthony richardson the best um i know that's probably a hot take for most people um but (laughs) To me, I'm I'm all upside, and to me, Anthony Richardson is the guy that has the highest upside. And you just take the home run swing, you see if it works out or not. I mean, Bryce Young, I this is a weird quarterback class. Will Levis comes with his own question marks about accuracy. Um, you know, this year was kind of a down year for him. He played injured. People don't know. You know, is he? can he elevate a team to that level? Um, Bryce young is phenomenal. Like he's an awesome quarterback, I, but at the same time, he's the smallest quarterback. That's probably, that's going to go in the first round ever. Like it's, yeah. it's not even close either. Like I, I saw Nate Tice compare him to Doug Flutie the other day, like in, term, <laughs> in, in terms of size. And it's like, yeah. that, that that's kind of the, the build. And, mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to take a quarterback that high, um, man, that's a risk. You know, like, um, the other thing that I've kicked around in my brain, too, is if you're investing in Bryce Young, you're hoping he hits. You're hoping he's a 10-year starter. But you get to the end of that rookie contract, even if he does hit, are you going to invest $250 million into him at that, you know, at that size? Are you going to? That's a tough question. Um, so that's where, to me, Anthony Richardson is kind of the guy where it's like, all right, you got the build, you got the speed, you got the arm, you get a good coaching staff in there, you work with them, and you just hope he hits. And if he does hit, 
it's a home run. If he doesn't hit, hopefully, I mean, I don't think you have to take him in the top five. So if he doesn't hit, then you maybe can reset and pull a Josh Rosen situation, you know, and <laughs> have someone else in a year or two. Is Anthony Richardson one of those guys where he bet he would benefit from maybe sitting behind someone, like maybe not going in the top five, going in the top 10 to a team that has a starter. I'm talking about the lions um, where <laughs> they can, he can sit behind them and develop a little bit more and then kind of come into the league with a little bit of a head start rather than being one of those top five quarterbacks that, that is expected to start right away. Absolutely. It's the Trey Lance route. You know, I think, I think that's, that's a good parallel for him. And um, I know it hasn't worked out for Lance yet, but um, I think that's the type of situation he needs. I think Detroit would be a great landing spot for him. You know, you set him up with Panay Sewell there. You set him up with Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, that's a great situation for him. I think that that's exactly the type of team he should land on. And if he goes to the Lions, then I hope it's a Kellen Mond situation. And it's like, oh, but it just didn't work out. And no, I'm teasing. I don't want to put that. I don't want to put that kind of evil. No, no, no. I listen. I'm a. I'm a. It's a Bears podcast. What do you want from me? There's a. There's a Lions fan who's in the comments every week. I got to yeah. tweak him. I got to tweak him a touch. But the Lions are in a perfect position to take a, a quarterback like that. I'm still convinced that Will Levis is going to fall. I, I think that they'll start seeing right through him, and I think he's going to tumble. But a team like the Lions. Even the Tennessee Titans and the situation that they're in, you know, I, I, they're number like, they're like a dark horse to me of mm-hmm. like moving up and trading with the Bears, or they could also wait and take a guy like Richardson or Will Levis or somebody who falls like that because they can keep Tannehill for another year and then see what happens after that. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say with Levis and with Richardson, I'm really interested to see what happens at the combine. Um, you know, when you get Bryce Young measuring in, uh, I think, l- let's say he measures in, you know, 5'10", 195. And then you have, uh, you know, Will Levis measuring in at 230. You have Richardson measuring in at 230. And then you have these guys throwing on the field. Like, what's the discourse going to be at that point? Um, yeah. and not that people don't know that these guys are sm- – have a giant size disparity, but when you actually see it in person and have the numbers in front of you, I'm very curious to see what the discussion changes to. Um, I wanted. Go yeah, <laughs> I think my internet connection is lagging. Actually, guys, I'm sorry because I feel like I like I, it pauses and I'm like, oh yeah, you're done, and then you're not done. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but on the subject of the combine, though, I was just reading something interesting too about how these front offices really, how much weight they put on the measurables and the things that they see at the combine. I think we swung one way where we thought they were super important. And now like we've, the pendulum has swung back to like, they're like, does it even really matter? Because we've seen so many anomalies. What is your take on that and how much the combine can make or break, especially a guy like Bryce Young, who is going to be standing next to Will Levis, who's what, like six, five and like all these other big guys where you do see that disparity very starkly. So I'm a big believer in thresholds. Like I don't, I don't think that you can say, you know, this guy ran a four, three, so therefore he's better than this guy who ran a four, four. But I do think what you can do is you can filter out players based on, um, are they an NFL caliber athlete? Um, there's a lot of, you know, receivers, let's say if they're running four, seven, two, man, that's tough. Like you're, you're, it's very unlikely that you're going to be a hit at that point. But if you're running, 
mid four fives, like you're fine. There's there's no issue with that. That's where for someone like Jackson Smith the Jigba, it's the 40 is important for him because if he runs four, six, eight, he's gonna be an outlier if he hits. I mean, there's not a lot of guys who run slower than four, six, five who are six foot two hundred. Like that's a pretty rare um outlier in terms of athletic measurables. So um I think it matters in terms of just Matt measuring your athleticism, but you can't count it twice. Like don't move a guy up who you know is fast. If he runs four, three, then vault him up your board. If you know he's fast, he's fast. Yeah. There's a lot of good information on the website. The 33rd team, Bill Polian uh, gives a, an example of what the combine meant to him. There's also another piece, forgive me. I, I can't remember who wrote it, but I was reading it today about like, don't get, don't fall in love with these workout warriors. So a lot of good perspectives on your website, the 33rd team, make sure you check it out. Matt Castle, who we talked about a moment ago, did a nice little article on the way too early quarterback rankings uh, for 2023. He's got Patrick Mahomes, obviously, at number one. Jalen Hurts at number two. Number 13 is our guy, Justin Fields. So I feel like that's a pretty good, that's a pretty fair ranking. And also one other thing that I love about your site is the fantasy part. Underdog Fantasy has put out a uh, top 250 of their best ball prospects coming up for the coming season. And as a, as a quick reminder, underdog fantasy is the best way to play fantasy sports. It's super easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or better yet, download the app, the underdog fantasy app. And right now, if you sign up first time subscribers, you, if you use the promo code sick underdog will match your initial deposit up to a hundred bucks. And I know you're like, well, the season's over. We just played the super bowl. You know what? There's there's going to be draft props, and this is very important. PGA, I love. I play fantasy golf. This past weekend, I don't want to brag, but I will. I had John Rahm. I had uh, Max Homa. We had Tigala. We had Tigala. I should be doing. I should be getting paid to do fantasy golf. I'm as good at that. Uh, I mean, but I had a good week. But uh, Underdog Fantasy is a great way to do that. So there's a lot of good information. Uh, I want to. I want to. Um, Go back to what Matt Castle was talking about with his rankings. There was something that you guys tweeted out, I believe it was today, talking about Justin Fields. Could he have a similar type breakout to what Jalen Hurts did? Yeah, there we go. Uh, look at that. Look at Sammy. Sammy's on the ball. He knows. He, he knows my mind. Um, Jalen Hurts. Do you think that it's possible that? Have, what's your What's your feeling? Do you think that Justin Fields can follow the Jalen Hurts model? I do, but I think they need to give him help, right? Like that's what the that's what the Eagles did. They they added Devonta Smith, they traded for AJ Brown, they had Dallas Goddard in place, they got these weapons around him, and then built the offense around this. They were actually like a pass first offense in the yeah. first half of games, and then they would like reverse it once they got um, teams in a negative game script, and then they would run the ball run the ball, run the ball on the, in the second half. So um, I think that they can, I think Justin Fields can do it. He's got the, he's got the talent. It's just a matter of, can they put the right pieces around him? And the other part of that too, is the Eagles built their offensive line, right? Yeah. That's which is completely different from what the bears have right now. That's <laughs> um, why they need these additional draft picks. It's like, they need to build this team around fields and figure out what they're going to do there. Um, so in short, yes, I think it's possible. It's just going to take a lot of maneuvering and they have the cap space to do it. Hopefully they can add some draft capital and do it. Um, 
but they got to make the right moves. And if I can jump in there real quick, Carmen, because I want to follow it up because there was something else. Uh, our friend Greg Jennings is a one of my favorite. I love, I don't, I don't know how this happened to me. Some of my favorite ex-players, James Jones, number one. I love him. <laughs> Greg Jennings is amazing too. I once did a sketch with Greg Jennings and he was poking me in the chest. I saw the bruise. Years later, he's that strong of a man, but I love him. Uh, he put out his fan, his free agency rankings uh, for the wide receivers coming up for this upcoming season. And uh, here it is. He's got Jacoby Myers being the number one guy, of course, ahead of Juju, ahead of uh, Alan Lazard, who played for the Green Bay Packers. You got DJ Chark, amongst some other guys, Paris Campbell, who will have some familiarity. But you know what? Sammy, let me, I, I want to do a scorching hot take. Can I do it? Am I allowed to do it? Do we have the enemy? My take based on what Ian's been saying, and I agree with this, Jacoby Myers is going to be this season's Christian Kirk, and the Bears are going to overpay for him, and we're going to get grief, and everybody's going to be like, I can't believe you gave this bum this much money, but, and I love what Greg, I love what Greg Jennings had to say about him. I agree. Absolutely. I think Jacoby Myers is an underrated talent. And when he comes to Chicago and he joins Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney and whatever rookie we, 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 we draft, we're going to have a solid Bayless. We're gonna have a solid receiving course. So that's one of my, that's my scorching hot take. The bears are diving in on Jacoby Myers. How crazy am I? I like it. I, I actually like it a lot. And I, I love the comparison to Christian Kirk because that's what is going to happen. He's Jacoby Myers is going to be one of those guys who gets, I mean, I don't know for certain, but you know, he gets something in the 15 million a year range mm-hmm. and people are going to be like, why are you giving that to Jacoby Myers? But he's an excellent receiver. Like he's a guy who should put up 850 to a thousand yards, maybe even a little bit more than that. If he gets in the right role, right offense. Um, you have to pay for that type of production. And he's probably, it's, it's also a kind of a weak receiver class this year, right? In the, in NFL free agency. So um, he kind of has a little bit of leverage in that way. There's not going to be a lot of guys getting higher money than him. Like there should be kind of a bidding market for Jacoby Myers and he's a great fit for Chicago and what they need. Yeah, I want to talk about that actually receiver class a little bit more, the free agent one, because we, uh, one of my coworkers and I, Ralph Bacchiano, uh, we released our top 50 list of free agents. And looking at that top 10 receiver list, I think maybe four of those top four guys ended up in our top 50 list. And then that was it. Like the rest of those guys didn't make the cut because of how weak this wide receiver contrast that with the draft class, because I've also heard this is not the best receiver draft class either. Are we just kind of SOL when it comes to receivers? I don't think so. Um, I think adding someone like Jacoby Myers would go a long way. And then I think when you get into the third round, because I know you guys don't have your second round pick, um, there should be some guys available, some complimentary pieces. You know, you look at maybe someone like Andre Yusivas from Princeton, the speedster who is who had a really nice yeah, week at yeah. the senior bowl. Senior bowl, yeah. Um, you know, there's guys like that that I think you can add. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to last that long, but maybe someone like Jackson Smith and Ajigba, if you are to add, uh, if you're able to add, um, you know, a second and a third round pick in this year's draft as part of a move down, 
uh, just adding someone like that or a Keishon Boutte. Um, there are some receivers in this class that I think have really high upside. The people thought very highly of a year ago who just did not break out this year, who had struggled in the college game. But that doesn't mean they're bad prospects. It's they're just not, they just didn't have a good year. And that happens. And a lot of guys, you know, you know, and, and I'll be talking about this with Chad Reuter uh, this week, you know, a lot of times too, you got to look at the, the, the film of their entire career, not necessarily what they did this season. Uh, there are some other guys too. SMU has a pretty nice receiver. I think it's Rashid Weiss. Uh, Tank from who is at the University of Houston yeah. uh, is an interesting prospect as well. And the Bears do have a second round pick. It is Baltimore's pick. That's the second right. round pick that they had that they traded to Pittsburgh, uh, obviously. But you know what? If they make some of these trades, what we're talking about, if they get some of the picks from the Colts, they'll have some maneuverability and some opportunities to go out there and do some things. And I, I should mention too, they have Equinemius St. Brown as well. And by the way, if you go to the 33rd team, Equinemia St. Brown and Amon Ross St. Brown, both sit there and break down the Super Bowl. I don't want to give this away. I think this is hilarious. Both of them talking about like, yeah, we we left Vegas during the middle of the game. Like such a player move. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're like, we watched Rihanna and then we bounced. It was like, okay, that's, I actually like that. I actually think that's a pretty cool thing. And it's cool insight into, uh, you know, if you're a player, you're like, that's a little bit different. Uh, kind of like comics leaving the open mic early. Uh, but in any event, um, let's take some questions. If you, if you don't mind, Ian, if you can, if you, I don't want, I don't know how long you, I don't know if you can stay for a little bit longer. If you got to go. Yeah, I, I can stay for another, you know, 10 minutes or so. Let's do it. Let's take a couple, let's take a couple questions from the crowd. Uh, are there any offensive line must haves coming out in this draft? Thank you for the, uh, for the question, Logan. Yeah, I would say Broderick Jones from Georgia. He's our number two ranked player on the board at the 33rd team from TJ and his group. Uh, they're very, very high on Broderick Jones. I think he's um, a very young player. He's declared after his redshirt sophomore season. Um, played left tackle at Georgia. Uh, did a great job there. I think he would be one of the guys that I would target if I were the Bears, you know, if they moved out let's say they move down from one to four and they for any reason are not into Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Um, he's probably the next guy that I would look at for them. I love that. I love that he's your second ring prospect because I am just, I love everything offensive line. So this is, it makes my heart happy, but I mean, yeah, those guys coming out of Georgia, they're coming out of a professional program at this point. So they run a very pro style offense with their offensive coordinator actually now in Baltimore. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, those guys are more prepared than pretty much anybody could be coming out of college. And I become a little bit of a big school snob myself with a lot of these guys. Like, yeah, if he, if he excelled at Georgia, I think he's going to end up being pretty good, which is, you know, it, it shouldn't be that hard to correlate. All right. Let's see. Let's see one more question uh, from the audience with, with uh, Ian, and then we'll let you go. Uh, who would you draft if you didn't trade the pick? Ooh, good question, Tony. Ian, which way would you go if you had the if you if for for whatever reason the Bears couldn't move that pick? Who would be the guy that you would look after? I would take Will Anderson if it were me. Um, to me, it's just so hard to find premium edge rush talent. And I know he was not quite the same player this year as he was last year, but I think there was some injury stuff going on, if I remember mm -hmm. right. And who he was as a sophomore was outstanding. Like the production playing at Alabama. I mean, he was getting Von Miller comps. 
you can land a player like that at one, just do it. And it didn't work out too poorly for Jacksonville or the Detroit Lions last year going with those edge rushers. So there is something to be said about that. And so, uh, but in any event, thank you so much uh, for being with us. Again, I implore everybody to check out the 33rd team, follow it on Twitter. And of course you can follow Ian on Twitter right there. Anything else you got to plug before you get out of here, sir? No, just follow me at Ian Kenyon NFL and follow 33rd team. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much, Ian. We appreciate you. There he goes, the uh, the great Ian Kenyon. Make sure that you are following him and the thirty third team. Uh, it's a good site, Carmen. I don't, I don't it mind is. seeing it. I, you know what's funny? Um, their fantasy stuff is pretty good too. Mm-hmm. I don't mind saying it. I don't care. Let's listen. I'm I'm confident. I'm confident enough in myself <laughs> and my abilities that I can be like, yeah, they do a nice job over there. You oh, know. Yeah. Listen, I it's the biggest misconception, man. There's room for all of us. The, the amount of uh, the rate at which people consume sports content all year round. Are you kidding? And I really do feel like they do such a good job of getting again, like former coaches, current coaches, players. Like they get you know guys that are really in the league that have been in the league for a long time involved. And like I mean, like I joked about it in the beginning about Dirk Cutter coming on there. I cannot stress to you how I got his son Derek on the phone. I was like, did your dad really just do that? And he was like, I know, isn't it hysterical? Because media was not, Dirk is a wonderful man. He's so funny. Uh, I enjoyed a really good relationship and friendship with him. But man, he does not like, that's not, he's he's a football guy. He doesn't want to do all, he doesn't want to play those games. So it was so funny to see him show up on the media. (laughs) When When I say that you guys ruined him, who do you think I'm referring to? Because it oh, could either be your fucking... Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think he was such a nice man. When he came down from Boise, his introductory press conference with the Sun Devils was such a delight. And then, like, he just, he's, I don't know. It just, there's nobody there's wanted no him to do opportunity. You don't realize all the all the BS you have to put up with as a head coach when you, even when you're a coordinator, like you are dealing with football and football only. And that's the dream, man. Like, that's kind of the hot take in this industry is like, not everybody should be a head coach because right. of all of not because that they're any less of a coach, less of a football mind, anything like that. It's just because they are not cut out to deal with the media and having to play all those games because it's all a circus and some of them don't want to put up with the circus. So um, yeah, no, I mean, no one ruined anyone. Dirk is wonderful <laughs> and he's, he's still coaching now. I mean, he's been, he was, his son just graduated Boise state. Um, was was a receiver for them, his youngest, and so now he's like moving into um, an analyst role. Or no, he has a, he has a real job. I forget what, where he's at now. I think he switched yeah. locations, but he's he like couldn't stay away from coaching for long. So now he's back in the college game. It's fun. There was no there was no coaching hire. I was more convinced that was going to work than Dirk Cutter going down to Arizona State. It was right after Bruce because he replaced Bruce Snyder. And yeah. you're like, well, this is going to be a slam dog. There's no way this fails because boys have been doing so well. But you know what? He's doing good. I'm happy for Dirk Cutter. I'm glad that he's doing well. And um, yes. we wish he's, him much. I think he's still at Boise State. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was replaced by Dennis Erickson at ASU. I was there for all of Dennis Erickson. So. Dennis, uh, that's <laughs> a story. One of these guys is not like the other. <laughs> that's a story for another day. Um, how about another question, Sammy? Let's change <laughs> subjects. How much do you trust Ryan Poles to do the right thing of the draft? You know what, John? I'm glad you asked this question because we get we get you know this thrown at us a lot, and a lot of people. And it's funny that you you'll see this on Twitter. The people ask me; they, I'm sure they ask you. EJ always gets involved in this a lot as well. 
And it's like, why do you guys trust Ryan Pohl so much? And, you know, and it goes back to the organization that he came from and knowing people who know him, like Cynthia Freeland, who is a frequent contributor on this show, went to Boston College with him. And I trust her judgment immensely. And so I believe like everything that we, you know, that we've heard about Ryan Poles, I've, I've heard it to be true. You know, I just expect it to be true. Him and Ian and him and Ian Cunningham coming from these great organizations. And it's not flash in the pan guys that you're like, yeah, you had a cup of coffee here or doing whatever. I think these are two men that work their way up the system the correct way. I really like the, the, the approach that they took to the draft last year. You know, look at, yeah. look at second round picks. I think both those guys are studs. Braxton Jones, stud. I like Bayless Jones. I know a lot of you for, you know, well, well reasoned, a well reasoned argument to be skeptical with, and that's fine. And I, I won't shy away from that. I, the, the, his rookie season did not go the way that I expected it to, but I'm confident moving forward that we're going to find some value with that pick. So I think that I, I have a lot of reason to believe in him. And I really do think that he is going to do the right thing. And I think that there's, there's a lot of avenues of possibilities for him. And so for me, I trust him. Yeah. I mean, same thing. I've had many discussions with people that know him. I actually was just talking to Will Blackman the other day who played with him. Um, and they, and he's like, he, he brought him up on his own accord. We were even talking about Ryan Poles and he was like, yeah, he's like, you know, I play with Ryan Poles. He's like, he was even back then, like he was such a good like football mind. And you just, you just think about how he just good. And he's just such a great guy. And I have all the faith in the world in him. More than that, though, I think the Bears have put him in a really good spot. Not to mention, judging from last year's draft, it also seems like he and Matt Eberflus are on the same page. And I cannot stress to you enough how important that is for an overall organization's success. Because when those two departments are segmented or siloed, things just, I mean, there's so much miscommunication. You ha- I mean, think about it. Matt Eberflus has to coach these guys. He has a certain system. He has a certain way he does things. He has a certain way he calls plays, how he evaluates players, all that other stuff. He needs to be supplied with guys that fit into that mold. And it just seems like Matt and Ryan just have a really good working relationship. And they're very much on the same page. And they spend a lot of time together brainstorming how to make this team better and how to improve this team and do that together. So again, that's a really good situation that has really nothing to do even with Ryan Poles himself, but the fact that the Bears have created this culture where this is all a collaborative effort, and that's so important. Yeah, that's one of the best things, too. And I, I understand where everybody's coming from because the history of the Chicago Bears over the last 20 years, 25 years, 30 years has not been great. And it's understandable to be skeptical because there's not a lot of great evidence that the Bears are going to end up doing the right thing. But I think over the last couple of seasons, starting with the draft, drafting of Justin Fields, that we've now started, started to see this organization evolve. I mean, when you look at everything with Justin Fields, when you look at them closing on the property in Arlington Heights, that shows me that this is an organization ready to join modern NFL football. And there are some other teams that might not be at that point, and you you could have some questions about. And I think that five years ago, I would probably be as skeptical as anybody else. But I think that the last couple of seasons have shown that this team is now moving in a forward-thinking, positive direction. And I think you should have a lot of faith and should be looking forward to everything that's going to be happening. And even and when you guys get upset, when Jacoby Myers gets $90 million, remember, 
Everybody was upset at Christian Kirk last year, and look what it did for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that can have a very similar type of impact with the Bears this coming season. All right, how about another question, Sam? Ooh! What are you looking forward to, the, the free agency or the draft? Maybe both. You know, the one thing about um, free agency is that it'll give us an inkling of what the Bears are going to be doing in the draft. Because if the Bears go out day one, and let's say they throw a lot of money at Jacoby Myers, and even though I, I don't think this will happen, what if they worked out a sign-and-trade with the Washington Commanders and brought in Deron Payne? Then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, there's two big needs knocked out immediately. And maybe that gives the Bears a little bit of flexibility in the draft that maybe uh, they're looking at offensive linemen in the draft. And that's another thing, too. What if they go out there and they spend a lot of money and they bring in three new starters on the offensive line? Then you know that the draft is going to be heavily focused on bringing in defensive-sided players. So really one leads into the other. And so for me, I love the free agency aspect of it. I love the fact that we have so much money to spend. We have the most capital. We have to spend a bunch of it. And I get to be on the NFL Network for three consecutive days. I know I'm their fantasy guy, but believe me, if the Bears are out there trading for Deron Payne and they bring me in for a fantasy take, I'm I'm not even going to tell the producers. I'm going to derail the segment, and I'm going to go off on that that signing but what about you carmen which 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 side of it do you look forward to the most yeah i mean that's hard i think it just depends on well i mean i'm, I'm used to covering just one team so i was always like all right what do we have more of the draft draft capital or cap space uh but now that i cover four teams i don't know the free agency is such a slow burn like everyone talks about oh free agency opens you know and like that first week is a flurry of moves sure but like free agency keeps going Mm-hmm. So um, I think the draft, the draft is just such a, the NFL has just done such a good do- job of creating such a grand event around it, but it is, I mean, it's, it's a, it's three days and then it's like, you know, you get everything there and then, and you can evaluate immediately. So I'm going to, I think the draft plus it, it gives me an excuse to catch up on a bunch of college players and, and watch a bunch of stuff, watch a bunch of tape and all that, because which I need to do a little bit more of, to be quite honest, I've been kind of everywhere right now. Um, but no, I love diving into that. And then just the predictive nature of everything, even if uh, I still can't get my mother to understand what a mock draft is. <laughs> it's, it's okay. But it's, it just, it doesn't make any sense to anyone that doesn't. Who doesn't understand. Yeah. They're like, what do you do that? I, I honestly though, mine will, mine will make sense. I think that of everybody, mine's the only one that makes sense because I don't predict players to certain spots is I, I do my mock draft with a twist. And it's, I'm telling teams what they should do. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's so for me, like I tell the, I'm not telling the bears who to take. I'm like, but you guys should trade down. You need multiple picks. So trade down, trade down three times. If you can, if we miss See, out on Will Anderson, fair enough. I, I'm like, I, I'm like, no one cares what my opinion is. No one cares what I think people should do. I try as much as possible to talk to people around the league as much as I can, like scouts, coaches, GMs, you know, personnel, in general, because I want to know what the league actually might do. And so I try to get as accurate of a picture as I can by talking to as many people as I can, because at the end of the day, I'm like, no one cares what I would do. I'm not in charge of any. <laughs> right, well, now I feel attacked and that's fine. 
no, no, no. It's fine. I'm no, no like, you have much more of a following than I do. So no one, people care what you have to say. I'm, just, I just, I'm being self-deprecating. That's that's kind of my thing. I love it. No, no, no. I like it. But it's also, it comes to the thing of like, the, the problem with the draft and the draft coverage now is that everybody, everybody feels like they're an expert, not you, but everybody else right, does. Not me. And, not. and that's why like drafts and every, and free agency always feels disappointing. It's like whenever they make a, a comic book movie or anytime star Wars, when star Wars would come out with movies, everybody's head cannon is always so much different. Like, Oh, I have this amazing idea of what should happen with this. And then, John Favreau, who's in charge of doing this, has a different idea, or J.J. Abrams, and you're like, well, this is terrible because it's not what I thought it should be. And I think a lot of people do that with the draft. Like, I think that we should trade. I don't want to draft Will Anderson or whatever it is. And then we do, and then you're disappointed, and it's it's a big thing. But I don't know. I, I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait for free agency to get started. Again, I mentioned this a moment ago about my schedule in March, which is bananas, partly because D'Angelo Hall – is now a coach with the Carolina Panthers, which freed yeah. up a couple of extra spots. Yeah. So I'm going to miss him as a, as a fellow analyst, but now I, now I got some insight. Now I got a coach. I got a coach in the trenches that I can call. I got his text. I can text him. Yeah, like, absolutely. Angelo. Are yeah. you guys waiting for Jalen Rams? By the way, I don't know if you caught this. So Friday on NFL total access, we're going over five players who should be traded this off season. I said, Mike Evans being one of them. And I know we've talked about this before. Mike Evans deserves to go to a team that's closer to a Super Bowl, and that's fine. I said Jalen Ramsey should be traded. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, I forget which team I use as an example of this. It might have been, you know, it was Cincinnati. And D'Angelo goes, oh, Carolina's one that should be on the lookout for him, too. Like, it would make a lot of sense in Carolina. He had not told us that he was in contract negotiations to be the defensive backs. Co- and I'm like, retroactively, I'm like, D'Angelo right. is giving us a little bit of insight of what he wants to do. I don't know how much pull he has, but watch out for that. So don't be uh, surprised. Yeah, he needs to also get, get used to not saying those things publicly anymore because that's tamper. Well, now I'm the only, and I'm, right, and I, right. I was telling our producer, I'm like, hey, remember when D'Angelo said, and they're like, no, because they're not paying attention. They're waiting for cues and rolling video and everything. Right. I'm listening. Steve Smith and I are active listeners and we, that's, I, I think that's why people don't like doing stuff with us. Cause we'll call like, wait, what did you just say? Like call somebody out in the moment of like, you know, a lot of times people will just be saying something. Cause this happened one time with Marcus where he was like, I'm going to sit Amari Cooper. And I'm like, hold on. What are you saying? No. And the, and him and the other guy, one time we're talking about starting Jared Goff before Jared Goff really took off. And I'm like, you guys are insane. Stop saying this stuff. But in any event, that's a long ways. I don't even know what we were talking about, but we're going to go on. How about a question to save us here? But that when in doubt, just Sammy, hit us with a question. Save me from whatever I was talking about. Will the results of this offseason be visible, good or bad, by midseason next year? You know, I think that we could get a sense of, you know, whether these guys can play or not. I think, you know, if you look at this season, with Kyler Gordon. And there were times where the results didn't match the process. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, he's getting burned. But, and Carmen, you said this a lot, like they're trusting him to be the nickel corner out on an Island, which is more telling than getting burned a couple of times is that the coaching staff have determined that he has the skill set to do this. It's just going to take a little bit of time to catch up. So I think that that 
we could end up seeing a lot of that next season. I would say that they will have to be able to see some results visibly uh, next season by the middle of next season. I don't think it's going to happen until the middle of next season. I keep warning people that I think that it's still going to be a slow start for the bears, given how much roster turnover there's going to be, how many new guys are going to be in the lineup, all that other stuff. But you have to start seeing tangible improvement by the midpoint of next season to know that your system is working. I don't think it's going to be in its full form for the next couple of seasons until maybe, you know, going into the 2024 season. I think that's when the expectations can be, all right, this team better be a playoff team. This is the leeway that they're going to get. This is the leash that Ryan Poles and Matty Rufus are going to get. But I mean, if they're not seeing, if, if, if things are going wrong still at the midpoint of next season, when you've hopefully created a little bit of a bubble of talent around Justin Fields and you're still not seeing him, I mean, that, that's a bad sign. So I think that by the midpoint of next season, you are going to need to see tangible improvement to, to have faith that you're trending the right direction. It could be very similar to what happened this season. They had a great week one. A lot of it had to do with the weather, but they started off two and two, and then they had the mini buy. Yeah. And then after the mini buy, they came out and they look like a completely different team. Yeah. And there's a possibility something like that can happen. And it should give you a little bit of hope that this team is willing to and can make adjustments. So I think we will see something. And I think that it'll probably come after the first mini buy. Or maybe we'll have a week four buy. And of course we're gonna be the hard knocks team. So we'll we'll get it we'll fall in love with a lot of these players as well. What like do the you parallels know? the parallels, no, the parallels that are happening though with like the Bears and the Lions. I yeah. just like if you, if you get hard knocks, yeah, people are going to fall in love with this team. They're going to be out on this team week four when they're sucking through the first half of the season. Then they're going to turn it all around and you're start you're going to see start to see flashes. And like if the culture really is as good as we think it is from the outside, uh, that's going to show and you're going to know that, you know, this is this is a team that's sustaining success. And I feel like we're all going to have a really even nationally is going to have a positive opinion of them, just like scrappy little lions who I think are going to be a force next year, but that's my dark horse. And that's my hot take. They're going to fall um, back. The lions fan in the chat will be really excited to, uh, I that. feel no, like they're not going to fall back. They're not going to, I, I just, I can't, you can, you can check me on this old takes exposed. They're not going to fall back in. They're like, they're, they're just, they're so fun. They're so fun. All right. <laughs> you know what? On it, no, because you know what? That was one of the things too. I forget who was saying it, whether it was D'Angelo or Steve White, who was really pushing Mike Evans for Detroit. Like Detroit should be the think, team. I don't but think I'm gonna let him go. I really don't. We'll see. I again I'm just saying who should do. But like or even DeAndre, okay, let's say like DeAndre Hopkins, but like the Lions should be in the mix. As much as you want to say, like, Dallas should be in the mix for players. Like, oh, Dallas should be making a run. They should try to match what the Eagles did. The Lions are almost sort of there. And I think that having the multiple first-round picks, they can go out there and they can draft a quarterback and be like, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I think think Will Levis is going to end up falling. I really do. I've been saying that for a while, that I think Will Levis is a Dan Campbell-type quarterback. Um, but I do, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah that had Anthony Richardson down there too. And after hearing Ian speak about him, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'd be okay with either of these guys. Yeah. That was, was a great. shock. I love that. I yeah. know. I know. And you know what? I've, I've been hearing that a lot more that like Anthony Richardson, like he's better and he's more well liked and thought of higher than people probably think right now amongst league circles. But 
That also, I mean, speaking of Jalen Ramsey, though, too, did you see what Amon Ross St. Brown tweeted at him? was like, come to Detroit, man. And then so I forgot what other player it was. It was like, no one's going to Detroit from L.A. Who was it? Oh, yeah, Micah Parsons. Dallas Cowboys, yeah. Micah Parsons. Like, no one's going yeah. from L.A. to Detroit. And I'm like, but oh. why not? First of all, they play in not? Home, so relax. Which, and like, second which? of all, they're trending upward. All right, we're gonna we're gonna lose all the Bears fans, and I don't care. We're we're almost to the bottom of the hour anyway, so I don't care. Which organization right now, in all complete sincerity, what team would you rather play for? If you're looking at those two teams, the Cowboys and the Lions, and I listen, I'm I have I have no reason to be pumping up the Lions. I would the Lions to me not only look more fun. I think they're gonna. They're. I, I think they're a better team at this moment right now. I really do. I. I, I, I know that Micah Parsons is great. I agree. I'm. I would go I so far as to say that. Also, like, there's a reason they have that culture in yeah. Detroit is because Dan Campbell and his coaching staff are probably the most player friendly staff to play for. So you're gonna have a ton of fun. Yeah, you're gonna work super hard. But like, it's all. I just. I, they're going to have fun playing there. It's going to be a great time playing there. You're not put under a microscope like you are in Dallas because the Dallas Cowboys are just a marketing conglomerate machine, all of their own. Like you can kind of fly under the radar in Detroit, at least on the national scale. And like, also that city is going to love you whether or not you suck or not. Like that's, that's Lions fans. They have very low expectations usually. So yeah. I think this is the year that maybe like some people are actually talking themselves into, I realize that I haven't been on the beat very long. So like, I'm not as scarred. And I feel like that's kind of a theme for every team, but the Packers on my beat of like, yeah, I yeah. don't know the pain and the agony that these fans have been through. I mean, even though I grew up, I grew up a Bears fan, so I get it. But like, I don't, I don't, I like Minnesota fans said that to me all the time. They're like, we can't trust the team. We haven't, you haven't been through the trenches with us yet. And I feel like that's the Lions too. But nevertheless these fans love their players and they love their team so i just like go go to detroit get to play yeah. all your home games in a dome a very comfortably acclimatized dome and then yeah you can go wherever else but i don't know it's it's a great destination and it's a great place to play and it's a really fun team and they're a really good team and it's That's funny too because spiel. out out no, no no out outside of the uh, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl greatest the, the greatest possible scenario outside of the chiefs, no team had a better ending of their season than the Detroit lions, where you knocked the Packers out of the playoffs. You might've ended Aaron Rodgers' career. Everybody loved you. You won nine games. You're the talk of the NFL. Like you're all like, again, and it's very close to like, uh, like a lions fan probably walks around right now feeling like they won the Super Bowl because there was no better thing. And you didn't have the stress of January. You spent January just enjoying football because like, oh, this is fun. And my team just had a great ending. Like it was, it's a, it's like being there. Right. It's like being the middle comic. And you know what? You're opening for Bill Burr and you go out and you destroy and you just like, whatever, like whatever Bill Burr does is fine. Who cares? Like I crushed people think I'm great. I don't care about what else is going on. Go out and do your thing, Bill. I'm having a good time. And that was the Detroit Lions. So this has turned into a Lions podcast. <laughs> and I apologize. Listen, the Packers suck. How about that? We'll just throw that, we'll throw it back to that. Um, is there another question before we'll try to get a Bears question? And if not, 
Uh, how could you feel the Bears actually traded Fields at the draft? Uh, Ethan, I honestly like. I would. Um, I I will tell you this: if that was if that was to happen, I mean, I'm not going to do a thing like I'm going to become a a Jags fan or something like that. But I would not. I mean, I guess I would still do this podcast. But uh, and Ella, don't listen to this part. But yeah, I would stop wearing Bears gear. Like I would just wear Angel stuff all the time, and I would probably. I would begrudgingly talk. I, you know what it would be like? And um, it would be like the way that we talk about the Greg Olson trade. And it would be one of those things where it's like, you know, it would be terrible. I mean, ultimately, you'd, you'd be back. But it would be a very similar situation to be like, I can't believe this team did this. And I would be upset, and I would not feel great about it. Uh, I would probably delude myself into thinking that there is some master plan that I am just not yet privy to. And but my my faith in Ryan Poles would be shaken, shook, shaken, yeah, um, very much. And I I would reserve. I think I would probably still reserve judgment because I do think that in order, to, I mean, in order to make a move like that, you have to have a plan. You have to have a rock solid like. I'm going to get a haul and I can't turn this offer down. And yeah, I'm going to take a hit for it now, but I know I can take that capital and make this organization better quicker than I can if I have him. And I don't know what that offer looks like, but yeah, I would, my, it would, my, my faith would be tested and shaken, but I would try very much so to just delude myself into being like, all right, there's a plan. We all got a plan. Because there would be, there would have to be. And I, I can't even imagine that they would they would draft a quarterback this year, because at this point, you know, you might as I mean, again, I still think Caleb Williams. I mean, I don't know. Again, you have to match up players to the time. Is we're we're trying to sell other teams on Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud right. and Richardson and Levis and all those guys, but at the same time, you're like, I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I think if Justin Fields was in this draft, he would be my number one guy. There's and an argument to be made there for sure. Like who would, who would rate ahead of him? Like I, I was, I was yeah. going back and forth with him and Trevor Lawrence when we were when they were in college or coming out of the draft. I'm like, who won the head-to-head game? Yeah. But you know, I understand like Trevor Lawrence is the guy we've seen forever. Right. I don't think there's Bryce Young is Bryce Young is pretty incredible. I you just the size it's the size concern, and that's yeah. I mean that's the biggest thing that Justin has going for him is he's an absolute tank that is also very fast, can run very well, and elude defenders, and then he has a cannon. We just haven't been able to see it very much uh, because of his offensive line situation. But yeah, I mean, there's an argument to be made though, that, that Justin Fields would go first overall in in this draft or he would be the first quarterback taken. So I don't know why you gamble that. I think the biggest argument for this move being made is the fact that, all right, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus didn't draft Justin and you live and die by your quarterback in this league. You just do. And if you're going to hitch your wagon to somebody you better make sure you 100% believe in them that, you know, if you're going down with the ship, at least it's your ship. And Justin Fields isn't their ship. So he would have had to have shown them this entire year that he is worth hitching their wagon to. Has he done that? I think he has. I think a lot of this is a smokescreen. And I think it's Ryan Poles. I said this way back a couple months ago. This is Ryan Poles playing chess because now not only are you going to get a haul for the first overall pick regardless, but if teams now think they have to talk you out of t- drafting a quarterback, then that price might just go up. So I hope this, I, I think that, that, I think that that's what this is. I don't think that Ryan Poles is going to trade Justin Fields. 
Yeah. But if you did, I don't need I would be. I would I be. Would, shocked. I, yeah. I would be disappointed and shocked. But what I'm not disappointed in is Carmen. And once again, it's been a great show. Uh, we want to thank you for uh, being here once again and uh, being a part of this great show. And uh, why don't we go ahead and show everybody how to follow us on Twitter, the social media at Adam Rank. I'm at Adam Rank NFL on Instagram, but uh, on TikTok, Twitter, that's me and Carmi V. Carmi V across the board. Uh, I'm actually getting, going to be on the herd tomorrow with Colin. Well, not with oh. Colin Coward. Joy Taylor is taking over. She's hosting for Colin Coward. So I will be joining her on the herd tomorrow morning. Uh, really excited about that. Are you sitting opposite of her? Are you sitting in her uh, spot? I don't. I don't think so. I think, Alex I'm, 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 I think Alex is still going to do that. I think I'm just I'm on the chair, and we're going to talk through some things. Uh, the three of you. So you, Joy, and Alex Kerr. What a what a team. What I, a, love what I I I am just I'm very uh, kind of taken aback by even being mentioned in the same breath as those two because I have the utmost respect and admiration for both of them. So I'm well, that's amazing. Well, I'm going to look forward to that. I'll make sure that I set the DVR and uh, give that a give that a watch. I like the Colin Cowherd show. So I do too. I think, I think it's a great it's, one. It's good. And you're part of the Fox family. It all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Look at that little. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe someday I can be too, but in any event, um, <laughs> thank you so much, uh, for being here. Thanks to everybody who, uh, who participated this evening for being here. Thanks to Ian Kenyon of the 33rd team. Make sure you like, and subscribe everything that they're doing over there and, uh, be on the lookout for a very special edition of the sick podcast later this week. We can confirm Chad Reuter will be with us and another guest who you're not going to want to miss, I'm- but until that time, <laughs> do you know who it is? No, but I'm just upset that I'm not going to get to talk to Chad. He's one of my favorites. I'll see I, know. I know. He's good people. And hopefully, uh, yeah, so he'll be on some other point too. So don't worry about that. We'll, we'll call him to come back at some, as long as we don't offend him. He's a, he's a green Bay. He's a yeah, Wisconsin. Behave. behave. So he comes back and you know, I can be on with him. All right. I can't, I can't <laughs> promise anything, but until that time, bear mm-hmm. down and Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.